Aren't you glad you're saved? I'm so glad who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Hallelujah. Who saved us and called us with a holy calling. That's how important you are to God. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which is giving us in Christ Jesus before the world. Before the world. Before the world, God had this church, Abundant Living Ministries, on his mind. This calling, this, this holy calling that he has given us was there before the world began. Jesus knew, the Father knew about it. Jesus knew about it. That's how important you are. The Holy Spirit knew about it. I want you to understand something, ALM. Your purpose, plan, and expectation to God is not to say no. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Stop saying no to God. Stop saying no to God. Our purpose, plan, and expectation from God is not to say no. We are his church called by his name that engages people, places, and the things they are doing. We are there to engage people, the places they're at, and the things they are doing. That's what we're called to do. We're called to engage. We're not called to say no to God. We're not called to say no to God. We're called to engage. Do we consider ourselves as the church? Do you consider yourself the church? How many of you consider yourself the church? In other words, you believe that you're the church. Then stop saying no to God. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Mark, Mark 16, 15, Jesus tells us to go into all the world and preach the good news. In Matthew and in Mark, he says, go into all the world and preach the good news or preach the gospel. What say you, ALM? Are we going out there preaching the, preaching the gospel? Are we preaching the good news? Are we letting people know that no matter what they're going through, hey, there's a God that loves them. There's a God that, that sent Jesus to die on the cross for them. In, in other words, they can see the love of God in us. Can they see? Can your people you work with every day, can they see the love of God? In other words, they don't have to hear you talk. They can see it. Can they see Jesus in you? Can they, can they feel the love of God. In other words, we're, if, as a born-again believer, you bring the presence of God. Because the good news lives inside of you. And if the good news lives inside of you, it presents itself. It, it, it shows itself. You, it cannot be hidden. In other words, you can feel it. I don't know about you, but when, when I can feel God. As a born-again believer, I can feel God. I can feel Jesus. I know Jesus lives on inside of me. How do I know that? Because God forbid if I make a mistake, it hits me. If I've done something, not even realizing it, man, you get you feel you're like, man, what's wrong? Then all of a sudden, you get quiet, and then all of a sudden, that's the worst thing you want to do is get quiet, because when you get quiet, God reveals. And say, you know what that little dumb thing you did over there? That's your problem. And it's like, you shouldn't have did what you did. You shouldn't have said what you said. You shouldn't have acted the way you acted. And because of that, you hurt the good news. 
Has that ever happened? Am I the only one who's bold enough to raise his hand? I mean, I mean, we're the church. We're not here to point fingers. We're not here to say, ooh, you're in trouble. I don't need you to tell me. I got the Holy Spirit to tell me. Trust me. That's enough. And sometimes when I don't listen, that's why God sent me a helpmate. She tells me, I heard from God. Oh. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. She holds me accountable. And that's what a helpmate does. We build each other up. Iron sharpens iron. Same goes with you and me. You shouldn't be afraid to let somebody talk to you. If somebody sees something, listen before you make a judgment call. There's nothing wrong with listening. And after you heard what you have heard, what they've said, smile and say, thank you. Now, if it doesn't agree with your spirit, move on. You don't beat them up. You don't put them out and say, I rebuke you. Leave it alone. God knows what he's doing. And as the church and as your pastor, we cannot afford to say no to God. Especially in the time that we're living in. We cannot say no to God. Somebody always needs to be saved. Someone always needs hands to be laid on. They need, they're sick. Someone always needs to be restored back to the Heavenly Father. Someone always needs to be transformed. There's, I'm telling you, when you leave this place tonight, wherever you go, you're going to see somebody, one of that needs one of those things. And are you willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and allow God to use you to do what he's called you to do, to be the church and give them the good news? Everybody loves good news, don't they? Nobody likes bad news. When someone tells me, oh, I got two things to tell you. One's good, one's bad. I said, tell me, uh-uh. I'm like, give me the good. I want to hear the good. I don't want to hear the bad. Hear me, I want to hear the good. I don't want to hear bad news. Nobody likes bad news. People like good news. Well, that is what we're, we're, we're a church. We're a church that's going to bring good news. They already know the bad. Let them know that, hey, God loves you. God cares about you. God has good news for you tonight. You know, how, you know how that will open up a door when you walk up to somebody and say, hey, guess what? I know somebody that's got good news for you. Who is that person? Well, he's big. He's not small. He's everywhere. He's all powerful. And he knows you personally. Wow. Lord, you really got their attention. Who is it? It's God. And he loves you. Have a great night. You just shocked that person with good news. And they're going to say, and you're going to leave them like this. It's like, I can tell you more, but are you ready for it? Matter of fact, he loves you so much that he has, he has, a, has, a, has, a, has a purpose, has a plan, and has an expectation for you. And he doesn't care about your past because he's already taken care of your past. What do you mean he's already taken care of your past? He's already, he's already erased it. What do you mean he's already erased it? By Jesus. 
Jesus died on the cross. So everything that your past has been forgiven. Do you like that good news? I like that good news. Do you want to make it personal? Let's get personal. Can we get personal? What are you doing? You've already opened the door. You've given them good news. You didn't tell them, you're a sinner going to hell. That's not good news. Even though it's the truth, but Jesus never walked up and said, told them, hey, no, he loved them. And that's what we're called to do. We're not called to, to say no to God. We're called to bring forth the good news. Now, making decision, I want you to listen. This is, very, this is where we get into it. Making a decision to say no to God can bring forth devastation to, the, to, to people, places, and things. Saying no to God, making that decision to say no to God can bring forth devastation. Moses tried to say no to God by bringing up excuses of himself. Moses did not win with all his excuses. I mean, Moses had a lot of excuses, but not one of them worked with God. As a result of Moses' leadership with God's help, he led the people of Israel out of Egypt. But he tried to say no to God. He come up with every excuse. Oh, let, let, let's see. What, what's an excuse for a, a lot of us? We don't have faith for it. Some people use that. We don't have the personality for it. We're not good speakers. Come on. How many of you have ever said that? I am not a... In other words, if you work in a corporation all of that and you got to present something, how many of you are like, I am not a good speaker? Like, I, I'm like, you're nervous and you got to present something. And you got the CEO and you got all the board members. They're all right there. And they're waiting to hear your big plan that's going to take them to the next level. Isn't that right, Sister Sharon? But... There's times where we're not good speakers. How about this? God only picks flashy, good-looking people. He only picks good-looking people. He doesn't use this to anybody. God likes good-looking people. They got to have locks of hair, and they got to have a certain statue, and they got to speak a certain way, and they got to know how to roll. You know, if they speak Spanish, they have to learn how to roll their R's, and, and then they don't speak Hialeah Spanish, and they speak elegant Colombian Spanish, and, you know, all that, they don't speak that ghetto Spanish. I never knew. I thought, you know, growing up as a white boy that looks Hispanic, I, I thought all Spanish was that. No, and it's not. How do I know? Because our daughter, Pastor Francis, our daughter is learning real Spanish from a white lady <laughs> that can roll her R's really good. I'm like, wow, I'm impressed. And, and Olivia's like, this is not Spanish. And it says, yes, it is. It's real Spanish. We speak ghetto. <laughs> Anyway, I hope that didn't insult anybody, but I, I'm not. I'm, but we, we come up with every excuse. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a certain person. I'm not a certain ethnic background. I got to be this. I got to be that. I got to come up with. See, Moses used all these excuses. And it did not work with God. 
God said, I don't care what you have to say. I called you. I called you. And you know, Moses wasn't 21. He was a grown man, had kids. I mean, he had his family, he had everything. He had a good life. He was living with his father-in-law. And I mean, he was taking care of sheep. I mean, he was on the backside of a mountain, living large. I mean, he had a beautiful wife. He had, I mean, he had two boys. And, and I'm like, what more can life bring him than all of a sudden a burning bush shows up? And God says, guess what? I called you. No. And God says, stop it. I mean, I think if I saw a, stutter, um, a, a burning bush that's not burning, I think I'd start stuttering too. Come on. I mean, that's, that's an amazing thing. You know, he's 40-something years old. All of a sudden, he's been on the backside of that mountain. How many times with those sheep? And all of a sudden, a, a bush was burning, not being consumed. And then it talks. That'll cause anybody to stutter. But God had him when he had to get a, he had to go, I, I got to see this. God had him when he, he, he had him. And he says, take off your shoes. Oh, when he told him to take off the shoes, it's on. And he said, I got you now, you're mine. And he called Moses to go back to Egypt. And none of his excuses worked. There was a man named Jonah. God said, go to Nineveh. Who wants to go to Nineveh? It's not nice. It's ugly. I mean, it's poor. It's, it's demonic. It's, they're eating dung. Dung hills. Selling dung. I mean, think about it. Bird dung. Animal dung. And they're using it. They're eating it. They're, ew, ew. I mean, that's, ew, come on, ew. <laughs> I mean... Killing children and sacrifice. I mean, it was, it was just bad. And God says, guess what? Go to Nineveh or I'm going I'm to destroy it. Jonah said no. Do you realize Jonah looked God in the face and said no? Matter of fact, I'm going to show you how big my no is. He bought a ticket to Tarsus. Not only did he buy a ticket to Tarsus, he got in the boat. He was bold enough to get on that boat and climb down in the boat and go to sleep. I mean, come on. He said no. But God said, mm-hmm, okay. We're going to see how much you like that no. Storm came. We all know the story. The storm came out of nowhere. They were casting. They were throwing everything off the boat. They were casting lots. And all of a sudden, Jonah woke up and it says, it's my fault. Throw me overboard. Then a fish or a whale, whatever you want, according to Israel over there in Joppa, there is a statue of a whale. You can say whatever you want, but they got a statue of a whale in Joppa. I've seen it next to Napoleon. <laughs> That's how powerful this Jonah story is. Even Napoleon had to go to Joppa. He did. He went to Joppa. He went to Joppa. And we know the story. He said he gets swallowed by a whale. He gets swallowed by a fish, whatever you want to call it. He gets swallowed. And, 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 and the thing is, that I could just see Jonah 
No, no. And God says, how do you like that? No. Oh, 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 God. God, let me out after the first hour. No. And after the second hour, no. And it's like, hey, I can't feel my foot. It's dissolving in acid of a stuff of it. No. How do you like that? No, Jonah. That'll tell you not to say no to me again. Boy, that, 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 that donkey dung tastes pretty good. Tastes pretty good after being digested by a fish. Come on. Jonah's lost the argument too. But I had to take a belly of a fish. As a result, an entire city was saved from annihilation. God let him say no. But your no will not turn out good for you. If God has called you with a holy call, and that call is not to say no to God, but to go into all the world and preach the good news. Do you know the story of Ananias? Everybody know the story of Ananias in Acts chapter 9? In Acts chapter 9, we learned that Ananias isn't necessarily anyone special. He wasn't just any special. He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't an apostle. He wasn't, he, he was not a disciple. He wasn't, and he wasn't like Stephen. No, no, no. He was just a man that believed in God. The book of Acts tells us is, is that he is a believer in Jesus. That's what it tells us. He's a believer in Jesus. In other words, he went when they had time to come together, when they all came together, he showed up and said, hey, I'm going to show up to this. I believe. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin and rose again on the third day. I believe. I accept Jesus Christ. I've been baptized. And God asked this believer to do a hard thing. He wants Ananias to go to Saul, a known killer and captor of Christians, and help him. Ananias pleads his case before God. Not me, not me. I'm not an apostle. I'm not a disciple. I'm not a deacon. I'm just someone who loves you and accepted Jesus. There are far greater people than I am. Why me? This is a bad idea. God, I've never questioned you, but today this is a bad idea. Come on, who's ever come across somebody, this is bad. This is not going to turn out good. Ananias is in fear of his life. Why? Because Saul was mean. Saul, I mean, he, he was a killer. He had blood on his hands. I mean, he found pleasure in locking people up and dragging them for wherever they are back in chains in Jerusalem, through the streets of Jerusalem, as they look at these blasphemers, taking them to their known death. He found pleasure, saw, and God calls Ananias. He's afraid of what's going to happen if he does this. Like a lot of ALMers, his mind quickly goes into all the worst case scenarios. Come on. Come on. And Ananias was right in the middle of a big decision. Saul's purpose, plan, and expectation. Saul's purpose, plan, and expectation from God, from God could not move forward without the yes of Ananias. Do you realize God knew who Saul was 
He called him out by name. He knew it, but it could not, Saul could not move forward without a yes from Ananias. Do you understand that? Three things happened that would forever change history because of Ananias said yes to God in this moment. First, Ananias performed a miracle by laying hands on Saul. In other words, he recovered his sight. Second, Ananias baptized Saul. This persecutor of Christians now becomes a Christian. Talk about a radical transformation. And Ananias is right in the front row to seat to witness this amazing act of grace, of the grace of God in Saul's life. Third, Saul, who now known as Paul, goes on to plant numerous churches, writes over half the New Testament in our Bibles and completely changes the course of history forever as he shares the message of the story of Jesus in a profound way. All because Ananias said yes. This would never happen if Ananias would have stood there and said, not me, not me. I got a family, I got a family engagement. I've been planning, I got vacation, I got this, I got that. No, no, nothing worked. God called Ananias. Ananias was not a preacher. Ananias was not a prophet. He was not a, he was not a pastor. He was not an evangelist. He was a Christian. So God does not only, he does not only call pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and apostles. No, 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 no. He calls you. He calls his church. Say, I'm his church. God called me. But none of this would have happened if he would have said no. Our no's, I want you to listen to this. Our no's to God gives ammunition for the devil to bring forth destruction. Our no's gives ammunition for the devil. You don't understand the power of the word no. Word, no is a rebellious word. No is birth out of rebellion. No is not. No, no, no. When God tells you to do something, he is not looking for rebellion. He's looking for a yes. The thing is, is that we have to stop. We have to stop being our biggest critic. Stop thinking with flesh and start thinking with the, by the Spirit. We can't be our biggest critic because we'll talk ourselves out of anything. And when God calls you, listen to me, it's going to happen. Do you realize God's already worked everything out? Do you, do you understand when God called Moses, he already knew what he was going to do. He didn't tell Moses right then, but he already knew what he was going to do. He already knew there was going to be ten plagues. Moses didn't know that, but God knew. I'm going, I'm going to make Pharaoh's heart hard. And I'm going to bring forth plagues. And when it's all said and done, they're going to give you the wealth of Egypt when you leave. That was all in the purpose, plan, and expectation of God. But he didn't tell Moses that. He just told him, go back to Egypt and take my people out. Bring them out of captivity into the promised land that I have promised your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He didn't know this. 
God knows what to do. And he's already taking care of everything. So when God calls you out and God speaks to you or the Holy Spirit moves you to say, that person is going through, they need to feel the love of God. They need the good news. God has already made it already happen. Trust the Holy Spirit. Do not give ammunition to the devil. But Pastor Thad, it's hard. Yes, it may be hard, but God knows how to handle hard. How many people know it was hard for Moses? What was the first thing that Pharaoh did to the people? And he says, oh, really? Guess what? Make them work longer, take the straw. They now, it's not going to be easy anymore. We helped them. Now we're not going to, now they're going to have to work harder, longer. And what did they, who did they attack? They went to Moses. Look what you did. Shut up, Moses. You're making my life. Then all of a sudden, every day, Moses had to deal with it. Then they just got worse and worse. So, so what if it's hard? Do you want to go to the promised land? God showed Abraham the promised land, but he didn't say, hey, it was going to be easy. The devil is not going to make it easy for you, church. But fret not the evil one. He's already been defeated. Jesus already defeated him. You don't give any ammunition for the devil to use against you. And the word no can bring forth destruction. Remember, he steals, kills, and destroys. I wonder how many people's lives succumb to the devil because somebody said no to God's purpose, plan, and expectation. Do you hear what I just said? How many? How, I wonder how many family members, how many neighbors, how many people that we have worked with over our lifespan, how many people that we've done business with succumb to the devil because we said no to God in our witness. Israel, Nineveh, or Saul would have never been saved if no was the final answer. Israel would have died in Egypt. Nineveh would have been totally annihilated. And Saul would have never written the majority of this book. Oh, God had somebody else. No, God had Moses. God had Jonah, and God had Ananias. God, nowhere did it say he had somebody else. God called Moses. God called Jonah. God called Ananias. God called Marcia. He didn't call nobody else. He called you. God called... I went blank. Joshua? Joshua? I don't call you Joshua. That's why I went blank. I'm like, Joshua, he's not a Joshua. He's Josh. He didn't call anybody. He called you. Junior, he called you. Oh, I'm a newbie. Guess what? That's even better. I'm new at this. God 
is not looking for somebody else. If God was looking for somebody else, he would not call you out by name. Oh, don't call my name tonight. 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 I'm going to put plugs in my ear. I'm going to put wax in my ear. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to turn on the, the soft music of a, of a waterfall so I can tune out everything. No, you're going to hear that call. Lasky. It may start off small. And he's going to roll over to Emma and say, what? <laughs> he's going to, if it ain't one of those, hey, it ain't. <laughs> he's going to call you out by name. Why? Because he has a purpose, plan, and expectation for you. Stop looking for somebody else. You are the Nehemiah of today. You are God's Nehemiah. Don't look to somebody else. You are God's Nehemiah. You are God's Nehemiah to get out there and build the kingdom of God. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Are you ready to grow ALM? Then say yes to God's purpose, plan, and expectation. Get out and engage the harvest field. I leave you with this quote. This author, Bob Goff, said, Every fork in the road we come to in our faith doubles the chances we grow. Every fork in the road we come to in our faith doubles the chances we grow. What a powerful quote. Double. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the double. I'm ready to double in this place. I'm ready, I'm ready to see double in this place. I'm ready for you to bring forth the double. Let's get out there and engage the harvest field. The harvest field is ready, ALM. The harvest field is ready. The harvest field is ready. It's ripe. It's ready for the taking. Don't be your critic. God called you to be his Nehemiah for a time like this to build his kingdom. Amen? Amen. Father, I love you. I thank you. I preached your word. And I thank you, Father, right now, Lord, that you speak to your church. Father, you know the desires of their heart. You know everything about them. And I thank you, God, as they delight themselves in you, God, you will bring it to pass. You will bring the desires of their heart to pass as they trust you, as they commit to you, God, as they, as, they, as they learn to rest in you, Lord, and cease from all anger of what is going on in the world, God, they will begin to inherit everything that you have promised them. And I thank you, Lord, that we are your church call you by your name. We have, we have been called with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to your purpose and grace. And that is to preach the good news. That is to get the gospel out. That is to bring forth the harvest field from the north, the south, and the east and west. Lord, our desire is to double. We want to double, Lord. We want to see growth. And it's by our yes we will see it. I thank you, Lord, that you will equip your people right now. 
you've given us the word. It's a lamp under our feet, a light under our path. We hide that word in our heart. Why? So we don't sin against you. You've given us your word to show us. And I thank you, God, and Holy Spirit, you revealed the truth of what God's word says to, to, to your people, Lord. That as they read it, God, they will be encouraged. They will be, they will be, that you, you fill them with boldness and power and the ability to establish the gospel wherever they go. I come against fear right now. I come against doubt. I come against every excuse that will come across our minds. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. For God, you have called ALM. You have called Abundant Living Ministries. You have called your people. You've equipped them. And I thank you, God, as they walk in obedience to that call, they will see the truth, the reason of why you called them. Come forth in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.